Welcome to A Better Way with Crossroads Bible Church, a podcast about finding the activity of God in our stories and discovering how Jesus is building His kingdom among us, right here, right now. The goal is to inspire you to see and celebrate God's activity in your own life, too. And now your host, Sherry Hutspeth. Thank you for that introduction, Stephanie. Hello, everyone. I'm Sherry Hudspeth, and I'm sitting here with my friend Paula McWilliams. Welcome, Paula. Thank you, Sherry. So glad to be here with you today and be in this conversation, and uh, can't wait to see what all we discover together. In preparation uh, for our time together, we asked you to prayerfully consider four questions. The answers to the first two will give us a peek into the beginning of your faith journey and a pivotal time 10 years ago. And then the next two questions will give us a chance to hear what God is up to right here and right now. So shall we dive in? Let's do it. Okay. So I'm going to start with our first question, and it's how would you describe your spiritual heritage? I grew up in a very small town in Nebraska called Weeping Water. And we attended the Congregational Church. My mom was the church organist, so we kind of had to go to church. <laughs> but I really didn't mind because my friends went there. And uh, But what I did notice is that I've never really got great answers about God. It was mm. kind of a, you go to church to be good. Mm. In my mom's house, in our house as I was growing up, in the dining room on the buffet was a balancing scale and you know had the fruit on it I'm sure many people would remember that in their own houses um, and you know when I was 12 I looked at that scale and I thought I wonder if I'll ever get to heaven mm. and then I thought well I've never murdered anyone so right there and then I pronounced myself <laughs> as I would get into heaven <laughs> So well, it was a little arrogant, <laughs> but that's kind of what I knew. Right. Um, so going into my teenage years, probably the scales were tipping a bit. And um, I, when I was 17, I went to Estes Park to work as a waitress at one of the resorts. And at that resort, there were three ladies that came around talking to people. And after work, I was outside, and these ladies asked if I wanted to talk about Jesus. And I thought, mm, yeah, I think I, I think that might be a good idea. So we went up to my room, and my two roommates were with me, so they saw the whole thing. The ladies um, gave uh, a bridge illustration. The navigators used that in uh, when they went around and did evangelism. Mm -hmm. And I really understood... For the first time that ooh, I might need to trust this Jesus um, there was a verse that they shared John 5 24 that I spoke to me so well uh, it's uh, truly truly I say to you he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life he does not come into judgment but passes from death to life and I knew then I want that. I want to pass from death to life. And I sure did want to not be in that judgment thing. Right. <laughs> so I became a Christian right there. And 
proceeded then after I was done at, with my job th- that summer, I went to college at the University of Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And uh, these girls <laughs> gave my name to the, the Navigator girls. And I was followed up uh, by Sue Grindheim and Elaine Cox. Mm-hmm. It was just a wonderful four years of discipleship training. And uh, I I got pretty grounded in knowledge during that time. Uh, and by the way, Joel, my husband, was also in that group. And so that's how I uh, met Joel. Yeah, great. Yeah. It's amazing to think about a moment when you're 12 being something that you, you know, clearly thinking about and making a decision about, wondering about, you know, like that the Lord would make an impression like that mm-hmm. on you. And then as you got older, that you would genuinely have questions about whether or not, you know, like you said, the balances were, you know, scaling towards, you know, not good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, and, and then to have this openness to wanting to have this conversation when it was offered um, mm. to you later on, even from that, mm-hmm. it's amazing to see how the Lord leads us and, and reveals himself to us over time. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you'd like to share about your walk of faith with Christ that um, has become important to you? Yes. Um, one of the things that Joel and I did is we stayed uh, centered in churches. All of our married life, we just, uh, we stayed in, you know, fellowship groups. We went to church every Sunday, raised our kids in the church. And one of the uh, things that was most helpful was my relationships. I had lots of circles of friends because I love people, but there was one particular group that I dubbed the dream team <laughs> and because they were the ones that helped me uh, decorate and pull off Lori's wedding. Mm. Um, but there are people you know, Sharon Gelnett, Robin Colley, Phyllis Neal, and then three of them have moved on, uh, Betty Jo Brown, Alice Neely, and Andra Edwards. They were very, very dear friends. We did mission trips together and so forth. But these particular friends, they were pretty much readers. They mm. loved reading mm. Christian books. And that was not my gig. <laughs> <laughs> so they kept sharing. I'd say, why? Isn't the Bible good enough? Mm. And so finally, one day I just said, okay, fine, I'll read. So I got the book and read it and it was good. It was helpful. And I kind of started changing my mind that that might be a good way to do things. But I was still full of questions and kind of got on autopilot, Mm. just living my life without uh, the Christian life. It'd become a bit dull and stale. Mm -hmm. So I decided I'm going to this retreat at Colleen Millard's house. And so I had to sit with Sherry (laughs) on the way. (laughs) But it was great because I I was in this kind of stuck place, this autopilot place. And she was very aware of that plight. And we we just talked and shared. And I know that she prayed for me. Mm-hmm. I know she did. And uh, after that, it wasn't too many years later that I was invited to sit around Darlene Hickson's table. Mm-hmm. And actually, Sherry, you were in that group yeah, as well. That's right. And that was so life-changing for me. I've never been in a Bible study group that had that 
uh, intimacy and authenticity. But it wasn't just with each other. It was with God. And there was this foreness. Uh, everyone was for each other. And we. I felt so safe in that group. So I could be really very honest. And I... Uh, and of course, we had to read and study scripture, which I loved. Uh, but the, those books introduced me to some amazing changes in my life. Um, and I'm forever grateful to that. One of the fun things about that group is at the end of the first year, Darlene said, well, what do you think? And I said, this has got to be shared. <laughs> and that's what I decided to do, that God would lead me into that. And so I've been doing that for 10 years now. Uh, and the only other change in that is three of the years is, was with uh, leading life with God. Mm-hmm. And that's an amazing uh, Bible study that really taught me to listen to the voice of God mm-hmm. and to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I love that you brought up the conversation that we had in the, the van. <laughs> um, I remember that conversation very well. And part of the reason why I remember it is I had a piece in my own journey where I started to have questions Mm -hmm. and it was difficult to find the answers. And there was a dryness that was going on in my heart and a fear around that too, because I hadn't experienced that before. And I really didn't know who, who was going to be available to help me with all that. And so when someone wants to have that conversation, it's, it's such a joy and a privilege to be available for that, to see what God will do with it. And, and now too, to like be amazed that that was a part of something that the Lord was setting up before our conversation that led to an openness to reading books on the spiritual life. And then an invitation to be a part of a community that was focusing on scripture and these Mm -hmm. readings. And you were already persuaded that was a good idea. Um, And then on top of that, to be in a community that was like safe and welcoming to Mm -hmm. your honest questions and your celebration too of what you were learning. You were, I remember you being so great about celebrating the new discoveries and the life that it was bringing into Mm. you at the time. Yes, it sure was. And it was just wonderful. Now that it's 10 years later, I have friends that are deep in my life. And even if I don't see them every day, they're in my heart and I can visit with them and text them immediately. And we have the camaraderie we had before during our groups. Yeah. Okay. So the next question we want to explore is related to the name of our podcast, which is A Better Way. So we are wondering, what is Jesus doing right now to invite you into a better way of life? Okay. Well, uh, my favorite thing is how in the world do I choose a book? And a lot of times Darlene or you, Sherry, might suggest something. I don't exactly remember, and I know Debbie Zetzman is one of the people that picked up this book early, and it's Pete Gregg's book, How to Pray for Normal People. It's a very funny title, (laughs) and he's a very funny guy. But I'll tell you that I've learned so much from uh, reading this book. And I've had several of my friends, I told them, you've got to read this and you've got to uh, just see what's in it. So my favorite thing about it is, um, I've marked it here in the book, uh, 
Most people today miss the voice of God, not because it's too strange, but because it's too familiar. And I love that because as I've been trying to listen to God more, I know that that voice doesn't have to sound like any big booming anything. It can just sound like a thought that popped into my head. Hmm. Uh, and I've had a few examples of this happening. Uh, and one of the things that when I get an idea of where I think God's speaking to me, I have a couple of questions I ask myself, and that's from reading this book. This is what Pete has done. Is it like Jesus? Would Jesus do this? Or And then the second one is, what's the worst thing that could happen <laughs> uh, if, if I get this wrong? Mm. And that has been so practical. So the book has been amazing in my life, but not only that, Debbie uh, Zetzman uh, was telling me to, you have to read uh, Dirty Glory and Red Moon Rising. And then there's a book called God on Mute, and it helps you understand why sometimes it, it just seems like God's not talking. Mm -hmm. So these are the things that have been challenging me. And we decided to do them as a, a D group. Now, I have to keep that D group name because I have three Debbies in, <laughs> in my group. Debbie Zetzman, Debbie Lenowski, Debbie Bennett, Tracy Watson, and myself. And this group has been a joy to be with. So we're doing this. Um, we've read the book already. We listened to Pete's uh, other teachings on it. Really liked it. And so now what we're doing is we meet for dinner and have our wonderful time of fellowship. And then we spend a good hour or so just in prayer. Yeah. Uh, so we're loving that and just wondering how we could, you know, partner with people and, and pray more. Yeah. You mentioned um, earlier to me a story of um, an experience with your daughter in prayer. Yes. yes. And this was probably five or six years ago. One of the things I have always loved is praying about even the little things. I love that. And so I was encouraging Lori, to, if if you need something, just ask God. They were in, it was financially a little tight right then. And she really wanted a swing set for her three boys. So we just decided, all right, let's pray. And I'll never forget the day she called and says, Mom, I'm going to pray about this. And will you pray with me? Yes. So um, later that afternoon, uh, she's in a neighborhood group that does buy-sell trade. And someone put on their post, I have a, a free swing set to anyone who will just come and get it. And it was from Costco. It's one of those big deals with the fort and all of that business. Oh, my gosh. So Lori answers yes and goes over. They go over and get it that day. We were just so excited about God would bother with that. Right. And yes, he does. Right. So you've had a history of paying attention to the Lord loving to delight us yes. with asking for simple things, desires, and just see what would happen. And then you've also been exploring, like just listening for yes. the Lord's promptings and what it looks mm -hmm. like when he's initiating um, prayer with you, sounds like. Um, which brings me to something that um, I wanted to ask you about. So back in 
um, November, Mm -hmm. you started um, posting some creative stuff that you were doing. And one thing led to another. And I noticed that, you know, you were offering to to sell these delightful pumpkins and you were raising money that were going to go, was going to go to a cause that you care a lot about. And so it had me wondering, you know, in what ways was the Lord involved in all of that? Well, thank you for asking. Well, back in the COVID year, <laughs> I was, you know, locked down in the house like most everyone was. And so I'm I'm looking around thinking, well, I'm in, gee, I have a wonderful home here. And and there's so many people that don't. And and uh, I'd been in conversation with Kat Tongali, who is a pastor uh, and a uh, and he has an orphanage called Love for the Poor, and that's in Uganda. He has 56 orphans, and wow. he himself had been an orphan. Mm-hmm. So I'd gotten to know him uh, probably over the last six months or so, and I just loved his spirit, and I just thought, I can't sit here in this house with nice stuff and not do something about this. But we're in COVID, so <laughs> what are we going to do about this? So I thought, well, I'm not going to let that stop me. And so I said, um, I, oh, at that time, I was making these pumpkins that Sharon Gelnat showed me how to make years ago. And um, I, then I, I had a big basket of these pumpkins that I had made. And I, I was just saying, God, what, what else can I sell around here? And I literally heard in my voice, sell your pumpkins and I went okay (laughs) (laughs) and that's exactly what it was it was just this familiar voice and I just thought you know it it won't hurt anything I can try it and let's see what happens so that day I put maybe 12 pumpkins that I'd made on Facebook and sold all of them out by the end of the day and I thought Oh well, okay. Let's let's do this. So in this in the same time, I was telling my D group about, hey, do you want to help me? And Debbie was the Debbies were jumping in and helping me make them. Uh, you ha- you put rice in them mm. and sew them up, and I had to have stems, which we picked up at the arboretum. So Debbie uh, Z and I went down to the Arboretum and we just picked up stems off the ground. We never took them off of pumpkins. Mm -hmm. And so we had many, many, many stems and we also learned to use sticks and it was really fun. So what we ended up doing is I was telling Ken Tangley, what, what is your need right Mm -hmm. now? And he's just simply trying to put food in their bellies and you're thinking food in their bellies. What? So I just, I had to do something. So I asked the girls, hey, would you partner with me? And they, they're like, yes. And they jumped right in and we were making, well, we made 140 pumpkins. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and that raised $1,400. And I want it all to go to charity. I don't want to keep any back for materials or anything. Uh, because my very sweet friend, Sherry Alpert, who was the secretary at this church yes, many years I ago, when she passed, she was a major crafter. Her dear family got in contact with me and asked if I would like any of her things. And I said yes, and I went over there. It was craft haven. <laughs> and I took many, many things that could embellish whatever. And one of the things that she did, she was, uh, she made uh, gowns for babies that died wow. or were stillbirth. Wow. And uh, what a heart. 
And so her daughter was especially happy that we were doing this and we're going to use her embellishments on these pumpkins. Right. It was amazing. And the treasures, they're just wonderful. So uh, I'm, I was thrilled to do that. So along with that, then Debbie Bennett, who's amazingly creative as well, uh, she had this idea about doing a photo shoot because we're right at Christmas. And I said, sure, what do we need? And, and she says, you know, I think we need a red truck. <laughs> so I thought, perfect. Okay, let's ask God for a red truck. So I was walking with Sheila Morales, and I said, Sheila, do you know anyone who has a red truck? And she said, uh, yes, uh, our mayor does. And so with that context, she uh, she got me in contact with the mayor. Yeah. And to top it off, not only did we get his red truck, Debbie Bennett had a friend that had a black car that was so cool. And we got the Copper Canyon uh, area uh, to use to park the trucks and do the photo shoots. And we were able to raise another $1,400 <laughs> doing that. And we were all shaking our head going, this is crazy, but awesome. Yes, that's amazing. I mean, I'm noticing that you, you know, have this idea. You hear this simple thing, sell the pumpkins to make connect the dots between the creativity and the need. You invite community into that. They are excited about it, start participating right. in it with you. They start being creative. You collaborate on that, the photo shoot collaboration yep. as well. Um, and it's even, you know, continued on past that. Like it's gone on past Christmas into Valentine's Day it, as it well. It did. Well, Kentongale needed mosquito nets. His, his kids were uh, suffering from malaria and he has to get him to the hospital when that happens. Now, the way this is, he doesn't even have an orphanage building. All he has is a community. Mm. So two of the families, they took 15 kids apiece. What? So that's so amazing. Many. So the kids are kind of doled out, and there's some widows in the, the community too. So he has his heart for the poor because he grew up that way. He mm. knows what that's like. Mm. So um, as I got to know him and saw this heart, I just thought, why can't I help him? I mean, why not? And then I got to know a church up in New York that's helping him as well on a monthly basis. And plus, I needed help to figure out how to get the money to him in a mm -hmm. correct way. Yeah. So uh, through that, uh, we did Valentine Hearts, and, and we were able to raise $700, and that took care of all the mosquito nets for the whole community. Yeah. <laughs> and food, you know, because I always want him to buy the food and do whatever and, you know, get it to the widows and just whoever needs it. Um, and then uh, a couple, three weeks ago, I was in my my study and I was saying, God, well, God, what else? I'm kind of done with this. What is there something else? He, you know, he really needs some land like so they can sustain themselves. And, mm -hmm. and so we were all talking the, the New York church and Katangali and, and he, he was thrilled with the idea that we could maybe do that and uh, maybe be able to put goats on the land, chickens, plant corn, whatever he needs, but he needs water and electricity. So we all agree on that, and we don't know the next step. But as I was praying about that, I just heard in the back of my head, have a garage sale. And I went, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so why not? And so we're going to have it over spring break, uh, Thursday, the 18th of March, okay. Friday, and Saturday, the 20th. Um, 
and I have people are donating uh, to that, which is exciting. And I'm selling all my wedding stuff, and just we're just gathering up whatever we can donate, and then we will put that in a charity account and hold it right now uh, to gather up enough funds to some way get uh, some land for him that needs to be near where the community is. Right, right. Well, I mean, we wanted to have this um, podcast so that we could explore, you know, a better way of life, like Jesus inviting us into a better way. And I'm sitting here thinking about you needed a better way of life in COVID. You know, you wanted to be doing something. Um, You, what would you say has been the experience of your community coming together? Like what, what is, what is better about doing this together? Um, that, thanks for asking that. Uh, the love that we have in our group is so much deeper. We love helping one another do whatever their thought is and just coming alongside of people. So there's this uh, deep love that happens when you work side by side. And now they're praying for Katangali and all of the wonderful little people over there. There's lots of pictures on my Facebook. It shows... All, all of the people. Yeah. And yeah. what is Kentangli saying to you about oh, what this has meant to him he, and the children? Beside himself. He <laughs> continually said, I could just hear him in his accent. You know, oh, mom. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> right? <laughs> if you've been to Kenya, you yes. kind of get the drift. Yes. Uh, but he is so grateful. And he just knows that God sees him and sees these kids. Um, he works... Uh, for a coffee uh, grower right now. And so we're talking about how can we move from that to, you know, actually having land and producing food for the community and so forth. Because I want him to be self-sustaining and Mm -hmm. so forth. But he's got to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I also really love the nature of one thing leads to another, that it builds on itself, that you don't have to have a big idea that right. you, you know, trying to create something big. You're just faithful right. in the next thing and see yep. what God will do. One step and then, well, what's next? Yeah. So. Hmm. Well, I wanted to share with you that this idea of uh, sharing the CBC faith story somehow started back in 2019 for me. I just have been a lover of stories since I started working with One Life Maps and Um, I think being able to hear the stories of each other, what is going on in our family of God, how is God active Mm -hmm. and present and leading us and creating life in us is, is such a faith builder and how wonderful it would be to be able to do that. And so, um, you know, praying about that went through various stages since that time. But when I saw your post um, around Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. it was just the thing that really kind of put me over the edge into inquiring with uh, Charlie and Delyn about whether or not this would be a good thing for us to to try and to do. And so thank you so much for being willing to say yes um, to this and spending this time with me today. Oh, you're so welcome. It's been a joy and it's very fun to see what God's going to do. And it'll be fun to see how he's going to answer our prayers for the land. Mm, I agree. Mm. To our listeners, we hope you've been inspired and encouraged. And may we all hear the voice of Jesus 
leading us day by day into 